Hi, I'm Brian Boger. Welcome to my podcast, Flipping the Lid. I'm a husband, father, entrepreneur, and well, just a human being like you. I've faced personal tragedy, significant trauma. I've dealt with shame, anger, and self-doubt, all of which have created a ripple effect of damage in my world. I'm grateful that I've learned the importance of looking and going inside to create, repair, unpack, and reach levels of success that I never believed possible. Now as a coach, keynote speaker, and author, I'm fascinated by the stories that have shaped some of our world's most significant and successful individuals. So we're gonna flip the lid and take a look inside the stories that have shaped their lives and success and we'll be featuring a number of individuals who have literally flipped the lid in their lives and businesses. Welcome to Flipping the Lid. Let's go jump in. Welcome back everybody. You know what we do here now at Flipping the Lid and our guest today is one who's willing to jump into her story just like the prior guests of our past. We got connected to her through one of our other guests, Dr. Lisa Folden, and when I asked her at the end of our interview, what badasses do you know? This was the very first person that came to her mind, soul, and consciousness. And in the time that I've gotten to know Arena, it's really amazing because what you can notice is that she has not only in her own life been able to move through so many obstacles and challenges and to alleviate the feeling of burnout, disconnection, isolation, and just complete fatigue and exhaustion and disconnection with life by finding ways to navigate through that for herself and now empower so many others to do the same. Someone who's taken education to the highest of high levels. But what you'll see real time as we d unpack this interview, how real she is. Arena, I'm happy to have you here today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited, anxiously excited for our conversation, but <laughs> definitely excited to be a part of it. So thanks for having me. You're, well, Ed, it's a pleasure to have you here. So I, I, you know, I don't ask the same questions typically on this show, but by this time it's become enough of a pattern that this is probably going to be my first question always. And so you're going to, you're going to hear this. So I, I introed you based on how I've experienced you, how I see you, the little bits of bio that I thought were relevant, at least in this moment. Right. But I really wanted to feature more of who you are. And you know, what I didn't acknowledge, even though it's real in our conversations is that you're a mother and you're a wife. And there's a lot of other pieces that are who you are beyond what you do. And so if you wouldn't mind, who are you in your words? It's so funny when I was feeling uh, completing the like intake form for this, I was like, oh, okay. And it's, it's so familiar to the work that I do, but it's also just so easy to overlook um, and refresh it. But I honestly am a person trying to thrive in this world and help other people do the same. Um, as you said, I am a wife um, of almost 10 years. I am a mom of 14 months. Um, I am a black woman of 40 years. Um, and just who I am is someone who just figures out what needs to be done and figures out a way to do it. Um, in this journey, I've learned to relax uh, and let some of the control go. Um, I have learned so much about myself. I have learned that people have been very real when they say 40 is different and parenting is different. So I'm someone who's honestly figuring it out along the way and finding the things that bring me joy and doing more of it. Um, but it took me a while to get to this space. Yeah. And, and, and is the case with so many, cause life throws us all these curves. You know, you talk about thriving in life. What does that, what does that mean to you? On a, uh, the oh, definition yeah. of thriving changes for me every day, but um, it's really a matter of doing the things that bring you joy more often than not. Um, and I, it's funny because that just came out, but it, more often than not, it's not a matter of all the time. Nope. Like you still have to life and still have to adult and there are things you're just going to have to do. But how can you get the balance leaning more in the in the face of things that are actually enjoyable and you want to do? Um, recognizing there's so much stuff you have to. And it's having the energy and excitement um, to and community, honestly, to do those things and keep pushing forward. That is a very organic way I would describe Thrive uh, versus trying to come up with a definition. Well, I think that's pretty beautiful. You know, one of the exercises I've actually challenged a lot of people to do often is to just create two huh. lists, right? And those lists are, are combined of all the people, places, sources of information, things that we consume, activities that we participate in, right? That light us up, that give us love, that give us joy, that give us connection, that we could be there for eight hours and it felt like one. Like, we can't wait to see those people again. Can't wait to get in that room again. Like, all these pieces, right? Because everybody knows what that feels. 
right? And that's kind of yep. what you're saying, right? So we know these lists. And I tell people, just write a list of all those people, places, mm-hmm. sources of information. And then write a counter list, right? All the places, people, mm-hmm. sources of information, things that you do, places that you consume that leave you feeling defeated, depleted, mm-hmm. unworthy, disconnected, that one hour feels like eight because you're banging your head against the wall and you can't even begin imagining going back there again the next day. And it yep. amazes me how few people have ever put intention into actually looking at the percentage of their life that they're living in one state or another. Yet yep. that is your definition of thriving. You clearly yep. have to understand the perspective because the only way you can speak about this is with contrast. Contrast is where everything in life exists, right? Which mm-hmm. means that you've been there. You've looked at both sides. You've seen how that's been evaluated. And so yeah. give me some perspective to when in your life you stopped experiencing joy and how did you start to rediscover it? That's a great question. Um, and it, the way you talk about lists is absolutely how I started in this journey of helping people with burnout and burnout relief. Um, so I am a business person. Like I've, I'm always thinking about work. I'm always coming up with strategy. Like that's just what I do. And so, um, I, I mean, I got my MBA to check that box with it as well and then when i was dealing with burnout um like six years ago when all of this wonderfulness started and i couldn't find the support that i knew i needed i was like okay how would i approach it and i did that exact thing of making the list it was a matter of reflecting on my life and career and writing down the things that brought me joy in my past uh looking at the things that i wanted to do and i knew would bring me joy so it was especially focused on like work for me and unpacking why I was feeling unsettled from the workplace. And so I was looking at like, what are the experiences I want to do? I'm like, okay, I would love to go. Now I say it wrong, but I would love to go to cons. I would love to win some awards from a marketing standpoint, even for my startup. I would love to have different types of experiences that got me into rooms and partnership with like what uh, luxury wellness brands and other wellness partners. Um, so on and so forth. And then I was looking at what I'd been doing for those past few years. And I was like, oh, no wonder this is horrible. I had had so much of my career that was focused on pricing and promotional strategies. What's the next banner ad? Those things, I was in Excel so much, my eyes were crossing, but I thrived in the space of innovation and making something new and just learning, honestly. Like I thrive in learning. And I was missing that. And so it was truly at the point of having to solve burnout relief for myself or find burnout relief for myself that I did that exact thing. And it was really in essence to find my joy again because I had lost it and I no longer knew what would bring it there. Because I was like, as I said, I was an MBA. And when you often when you come out of MBA, like regardless of which discipline you're under, you have somewhat of a path. And so I was marketing. It was like, oh, yeah, so you want to ultimately become a CMO at some point at some leading CPG or blah, 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 blah. And over time right. that evolves. And I worked at the biggest food company in the world and then I went to midsize and then I went to an early stage startup. And then I was like, let's try tech. And in that, I was like, where am I going now? And it was because of this internal shift of what brings me joy or what were my goals, some of what was my values. And so that is something to your point, like i I hadn't done that in forever. Like I was using the playbook of the career path that I had chosen. And I hit a point where I was like, I, this isn't the right playbook anymore. And I don't know what it is. How do I figure out which one to pick up? I need to reassess what brings me joy. So it was a long wind away, hopefully to answer your question. No, I mean, I, I, I appreciate it because you embedded a whole lot in there and, and, you know, it, it certainly gave some context to what your process was. You know, it's interesting because I resonate and identify with lots of what you said, but obviously through a totally different lens. But, you know, I, for so long in my life, chased all the what's of the world because that's what I believed we needed to do. What house, what car, what amount of money, right? In this case, what's interesting is even listening to you talk and reflect, you're very clear on the what's, right? The strategies and the tactics, the shifts, the what's brought you things of joy. But what's also really interesting is even taking it back to the very first question I asked you, right? It's almost like, it caused you to lose who you were, but you've been in search of who you are again. And it's easy for us as individuals to put it on the external and the strategy and the tactics. But really what you're talking about in what brings me joy is what authentically brings me the energy, the light, the love, the conviction to be able to do all the things that I need to do because life 
is going to have moments of darkness. And so I'd like you to answer that question slightly differently, if possible. How has the process of rediscovering who you are been for you? And how far down that path do you feel you are recognizing there's no final destination? Yep. Um, You said bring your authentic self. So I'll say it was uncomfortable as hell. Like, it was the worst shit ever. Uh, I often say it was trash. Um, and <laughs> Well, you know, that's honestly, what we do in our world. We deal with the trash from people's past. So that resonates. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And often, I mean, you probably <clears throat> are like hearing it firsthand. Like it's that trash that causes the transformation. It's even though you can transform and end up where you want to be without such pain. Like there's a lot of lessons in it. You just got to pay attention. Every time. And every time. All the time. You're like, what in the but um, it was uncomfortable is truly what this journey has been. It was unexpected. It, but it's one of the most frustrating things for me in the work that I do in this space and these type of things is it's so common. Like we are so quick to not discuss the things that are the most common between humans yes. um, because it's so uncomfortable and the vulnerability that comes with it and realizing even when you know you don't know. Um, so that was a large part of it. But the other thing is that I still like my body still reacts to the concept and language around like finding yourself again. Like now we're getting real. This that's some white people shit. Like that mm-hmm. we don't have the luxury of doing that. Like and really? I think that that's the interesting transformation that's going on in culture nowadays is that the multicultural base is finding, right. refining, right. defining right. whichever word you want to use. It's right. a matter of taking more control of their conversation and of your being. Um, and so for me, it was eye-opening to realize how much I didn't have control. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a lot of emotions. Now that I'm at this stage of the journey, what stage is it? I don't know. It's the uncomfortable stage before I jump, which I guess this is also part of that jump um, yeah. because I don't know what you're going to ask me. But That's beautiful. No, and I mean, even the way that you answered that question, I'm really grateful that you took it there. Right. Because even what you just said is, yeah, white people shit. Right. There's lots of privilege that exists in the in the world and there's lots of woohoo fluffy bullshit that exists as well. And I'm also very cognizant of the fact that I'm a white male and all the privilege that's associated with that. Right. Like I am I am deeply, deeply passionate about the fact that I happen to be in a position that I can have some authority just simply because of my existence and how the world views my external self. There's a fact to that, right? That I believe that I know that I own. What's interesting is when I when I ask in this process of rediscovering who you are, what I believe, by the way, is that it's not white people bullshit, because here's the reality. The world has told you and many people that you identify with the way that they need to show up in the world for them to be accepted and not ostracized, criticized, judged, isolated, mm-hmm. disconnected, whatever the case may be. Right. And so as a result of a lot of these external narratives, what happens is we get armor to protect ourselves and that armor disconnects us from who we authentically are and so yeah though it's i don't mean it through the lens of the woohoo elements of it i can tell you definitively having worked with many people of color as well that that often is where some of their trash is tied depending on how they grew up what it was connected to and where in their current state of life they are today and so i'm so grateful that you took it in the direction that you did to be as real as you were because that's something that I actually even appreciated in the way that you identified it. And I didn't, it wasn't lost on me. You said, I'm a yeah. black woman, right? And what you're doing is calling attention to who you are and making sure that people have to see and understand all of who you are instead of minimizing. And the power and ownership in that authority is you standing into who you are because just what you talked about. It's about the power of your voice and your ability to stand in your power and potential, regardless of the external factors, while recognizing that external factors create greater resistance and limitations for many people in this world in many different categories. Can we acknowledge and agree on that? We can. It's so funny that you just called that out because I didn't even think about identifying with it. And I would say I very rarely actually said it in the past because to me, it's always obvious. So you can see it's actually part of my process in redefining. I mean, honestly, like I I appreciate that you recognize all of the things. The big thing is that it's not a matter of it wasn't 
It was white people shit because it was safe for white people. It was very unsafe for everybody else to that, do it. I, and I got that. that I, I a thousand yeah. percent received it for what you meant. And that's why I was talking uh, about the privilege and everything else and all of it. Okay. Nope. So that's how I re read it. But that's why I was further explaining the other perspective with a little context from my lens, because yep. I think we're saying the exact same thing. I agree. Yeah, I think we're I'm saying the exact same here. thing. And it was beautiful how you said it. I was wanting to make sure it was accessible for everyone to reach what I knew your heart was communicating. Thank you. And it's just the truth, right? It's just Thank the you. truth. I, I mean, here's the reality. I can tell you, yes, as a white male who also happens to be type A and in alpha in many cases, there are situations that I, I don't have perspective on. But I do know that through my own personal experience, I don't know how well you know my story or whatever it is. I also know what it's like to be the only person in the room. I know what's what it's like to be stared at, judged, criticized, minimized, put into boxes. Yeah. Doesn't mean I understand it through every person's lens. I don't. I don't I don't yep. understand the depth of it as it relates to the color of my skin and the identity of who I am, but I wear mine every single day. Yeah. Right? My arm is obvious every single day. There's certain things of it that I it's given me perspective to understand and at least create those moments that do connect us through the human experience, though they're different because of the perspectives, yep. they're actually always the same too. Yeah. We all feel the same thing. Yep. I agree. I think it's the it, people who have felt othered at some point for some reason can have a deeper level of empathy. And I'm sure Bingo. there's a study in theories that prove it, but I'm like, I think that's, yeah. Yep. It's, I, it's, I mean, I, I just, I believe it to be true. And so, you know, and that that unites us because we do all understand the pain, the emotion, the struggle, the disconnection, the isolation. Every one of us has felt that. Yeah. And so, you know, as you talk about moving mm -hmm. through this process, reconnecting with who you are, and you're discovering all these pieces, where mm -hmm. have you felt least seen in your life? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Can you give me some additional context? Sure. I believe that the world doesn't judge us based on our intent. It always judges us based on our actions. But often but we're yeah. in a position where we yeah. feel something because someone didn't understand our real intent because of wherever it came across or however we looked or however, any situation, right? So if we all desire to be seen and understood and connected, right? One of the greatest disconnections is when we don't feel seen and understood. Yep. Where in your life have you felt the greatest disconnect where you have not been able to be effectively seen for who you believe you are and your intent? So funny. I, I fully am understanding the flipping the lid part because of what just came to mind. Um, uh, one of the, the, the first thing that comes to mind is actually one of my, my first job after B school. And it was great. Like it was actually one of the better job experiences for a matter of what I was able to do, the roles, the experiences. Like I literally got paid to go eat a lot of the time. That was my research and I am a hell of a foodie. Um, and in that experience, in consumer packaged goods from a brand management standpoint, like there's a track and there's a track that is like what you're supposed to do if you're an MBA with marketing. That in the past, that was if you go consumer package goods, you want to go up this ladder and you really want to be in what's called like brace brand base brand management, which is more general management, which is you are the one who can, in a sense, like run the business because brands and big companies are an entire business in themselves. And this brand team is everything. Like, where's it sold? What's it priced? What's the ad look like? What are the products coming out? So on and so forth. And so the expected path is to move up. And to take on more responsibility, more general management. That's not who I am, nor how my brain works. Yeah. I can do it because I'm trained, been trained to do it with my schooling and just my experience. But I am more innovation. I like to come up with stuff out of nowhere. I want to get deep to the customer need. I want to do interviews. I want to do concepting. I want to do ideation sessions. And so I was at this point in my career where I'd been in um, base for a couple of years and I was looking at the next thing. I was no longer excited about the work I was doing because I was just in the weeds in Excel. And I was like, no. Um, and there was a role in innovation. And I was like, I want to move to that role. And I kept getting feedback that it was not the best career move because innovation ends up being somewhat of a dead end 
because ultimately in these orgs, as much as they say they they value innovation, it's to a certain point. And so that was where, in hindsight, like truly this has been a part of my unpacking in the past few months is those were moments where I didn't feel seen because I, my heart knew what I wanted. I knew yeah. where I draw. I knew where I added the most value. And just because I could do this doesn't mean I should. And I, I jumped. I still went to innovation and I got that role and it was actually some of the best projects I've wow. ever had. And But it was still like viewed someone as a dean on hey. my internal like eval of like, well, if it's this path, this is what she wants to do, then I don't know if she can make the way out to this. And there was one other experience in the same company, same, like I was looking at an international um, position because it was honestly one of the coolest shits ever. It was like a global consultant where you can go to the offices around the world and consult internally. And coming from like senior leadership was like, that's actually a step back because in other parts of the country, that's like viewed as this, but in the US it's viewed as this. And it was just, I actually did not pursue that role partially because of that and partially because of personal reasons. Um, but it was just like, if that's who I am and what I want to do, who are you to stop me? Like, right. um, so those, I hadn't thought about those in a while, but like those are moments where I didn't feel seen and has taken me a while to recognize that those things were actually superpowers, just not recognized within the current environment. I think that actually speaks to some of the like new conversation around neurodivergence and what's valued in order. Uh. I got ADHD and it's like oh people with ADHD are hyper creative and hyper innovative let me go do that shit like do you want to make money because <laughs> you let me do what I wanted to do the company I was yeah. work- like the projects that I was working on we would have established like at home meal kits I was working on a project with that three years before like yeah leave. so it- there's there's one of the, the spaces isn't that incredible though how much so um, so many elements of us can be stifled because we chase opportunity and even when there's misalignment, not everybody, one, recognizes it and two, has the ability to stand in it. You know, it yeah. sounds like in each one of those cases, you were pretty vigilant in in advocating for you as best as you were able, as soon as you were able to put yourself into the positions to allow yourself that same freedom. But, you know, to that same extent, I started to believe I wasn't even a creative person. Because of wow. how much I was stifled, because of how much I was hiding behind it. And, you know, creativity is the flow of life, right? And it's expressed in so many different ways. And mm-hmm. so I appreciate you going there because what you just even highlighted is something that leads directly to burnout. Because mm-hmm. if you are not aligned in your role around the things that bring you joy or <laughs> are in alignment with some of your greatest gifts and skill sets, Right. You can't actually get yourself moving. And I know that for myself, again, because I was hidden behind so much armor and hiding for so long, nobody could understand my energy before. So everybody thought I was an asshole and a dick and arrogant, not able to like actually move through. But I'm sitting here like, no, 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 no. Like you don't know my heart. Like I, right. And I didn't know that my edge was delivering a a, a message of energy that wasn't consistent. And so how do you believe you were given the ability to identify the misalignment and to have the ability to advocate for yourself as quickly as it sounds like you did in multiple situations. Hmm. Quickly. It's Quickly is all, that... all perspective, right? <laughs> yeah. I, well, you're not actually wrong. Bro. <laughs> well, it sounded wrong. like it was quick based on how you said it. Yeah. It was. I hadn't thought about these moments, though. Um, one quick thing is that you're absolutely right. Like, what you were saying about how you were showing up and how it could be like bristly, those are actually signs of later stage burnout. So people often end up in that. And in all of my work and reflection, I'm like, I think back about people I've worked with and myself at different moments. And I'm like, oh, that was burnout. That was burnout. That was burnout. That was extended burnout that turned into some other shit. Like just looking at in the past, it's like, oh yeah, because the the equation was off. (laughs) And now I have the know-how to recognize it coming and I can stop it or I can figure out how to mitigate it or I can lessen the impact because yeah big thing in my work is like we're not going to eliminate burnout like are we gonna unless we officially burn all the shit down and get rid of capitalism it's just something that happens when you want to perform and it's very hard to gauge when you're giving too much especially when everyone's asking for a lot yeah um but how was I able to do it honestly there's some I don't I don't know but there's something like I guess I have yeah. to own. There's something in me that just knows when the shit is wrong. Um, so 
I grew up very blue collar. I'm the baby of three. And I had the, the opportunity to just watch people. And I remember one of the, that's, that's so funny. I hadn't thought about this, but like, um, as you're like recognizing it and changing it, when I, the, the first thought I had, when I went to college, I was actually a declared engineer. So yeah. from like, I was just smart as a kid. So from like sixth really? grade through 12th grade, I was doing <laughs> summer programs, like after school programs. It's a cool thing in Detroit called DAPSEP, Detroit Area Pre-College Engineering Program. So I was always in school and it was fun because, you know. Um, and so I was going to college and I was going to be an engineer. First it was computer and then, or it was chemical. And then I switched schools because of the scholarship. And I was like, okay, I'll do computer. And you know, back in the day, we were starting, we were really cool if you knew how to code a website. And I was like doing HTML code. Should have. I love it. it. <laughs> now fast forward. Should have kept that skill. But yeah. um, don't shit on yourself, though. Come on, that's a shame based word. It implies whoever okay. you were, whatever you did, wasn't good enough. You didn't for a reason. If you want to pick it up now, you still can. By the way. Mm, no, I'm good. Yeah. See, uh, so you're over right. it. <laughs> right. You're absolutely right. It was the wrong. It, I was just early. There was no product yeah. management at that time. Uh -huh. So, uh, but in that, I was a computer engineer for like two years. And one day I was just like, I don't want to do this. And I, re I reflected on my family. I was like, my dad works in the oh, plant a lot. And I just was like, I'm not trying to do a job forever and be miserable about it. Like, yeah. I cannot do this. Work takes up so much of my life. I cannot do it. And so I went to career services. And I was like, this is what I'm doing. This ain't it. But I don't know what. And so that is how I found my path into like marketing, PR, communications and all that type of stuff. But I don't know. It's just something at some point I just get and it's probably you've heard this, but you get so uncomfortable that you're like, some shit has to change. And <laughs> I just have enough faith that I'll be yeah. okay. That I don't know where I'm going, but I go get some support and figure out how to get to the next stage. Yeah. I, you know, I called attention to it because, uh, you know, there are lots of people who will get into a place where they feel the misalignment, but they don't pay attention to it. Right. Or they intellectually yeah. decide that they're going to push through for some variety of reasons. I did the same thing. I chased success based on my old definition of success, based on how the yeah. world defined it for me. And I got it. But I yep. woke up empty and miserable. Right. And so yeah. there's a lot of that that is so true. And I appreciate the fact that you're saying, well, yeah, I just I just know it. But I think the difference between you and many people, I think most know it. they feel it. If they actually are honest with themselves and they pay attention to those moments of resistance yeah. and feel it and, and pay attention to it and unpack it and analyze it, the difference between you and many people is you refuse to sit in that for very long and it looks as if you then start asking the questions on how to bring it back by taking action and creating movement. And so that's what I really want to highlight is that to your point, burnout never goes away. It's going to cycle time and time and time again but it doesn't have to look the same way it always did. And you even said that your equation changed. I know that my equation has changed over time too. Mine used to be stress equals growth, right? And there's a whole <laughs> lot of shit that goes into that, right? Yep. But that's not my definition anymore. I would love to know, how do you define success? And then how do you define this process? Oh, um, that's funny. Success, you sound like my therapist, uh, from what I've been processing. Uh, big things for success for me, freedom is big for me. Freedom of thought experiences and flexibility, honestly, is, is a big part of it. Uh, financial stability and just being able to be proud of what I'm doing. And I realized that I was like uh, reserving celebration for big things um and the big thing like recognizing successes along the or the wins along the way helped me recognize like i was on that journey to success even though i might be not at the final des uh destination or honestly not even really knowing what the final goal was um so that was that's my what comes to mind when i think about success but and, and what's what your new equation with? then that's what i was meaning the question to be i think i asked it differently but I'm trying to get back to the equation because you said my equation changed. So I want to know what it used to be and what it is now. Oh, well, if we think about, <laughs> um, I hadn't thought about it in that way. The one that is just top of mind that I always talk about, um, like when we think about equation, I don't, I don't know exactly how to answer your question. That's fair. Yet. That's fair. There, but like everyone talks about work hard, play hard, that type of thing. Uh -huh. And that's often the equation we're taught. And in this journey, I changed the equation. I actually use it in my business a lot of work hard, self-care harder. 
because I got the work hard, right? I knew that uh-huh. shit. And I tried to play hard, but I'm like, it's not playing isn't the only thing. It's that self-care. And so in the work I do, I talk a lot about pil- the four pillars of mental wellness and what those are uh-huh. because play is only one of the pieces. And so I guess, yeah, I guess that's yeah, the answer. Yeah, My equation has went from work hard, play harder, work hard, self-care harder. And that is what I live by. Um, I love that. So, I- yeah. I love that. Like I said, my old equation used to be stress equals growth. It's now stress plus rest equals growth, which essentially is oh, yeah. the downtime, the integration, the self-care. It's the same thing. Uh, yeah. You know, it is interesting because there's a book that I read that actually outlined and it mocked multiple high performers across business, athletics, and sport. And yep. what they found is that this, and, and they looked at intermittent peak performers and sustained peak performers, those that reached the yep. top of their game once and those that did it for decades, right? Yep. The singular difference in the two was that the sustained high performers actually scheduled their rest and recovery as important as any part of their training or work. Yes. I just was talking to one of my advisors about uh, this exact thing. We talk a lot about resilience, endurance and all these things and the stress was rest. Um, That's like, that's you, you were honest and that's a huge theory. So yes, um, we're on the same page and that is definitely something to live by. We look at stress so much and like, I feel like you, you definitely work in this space. Like people view everything so binary and that's one of the biggest problems in this world. Um, because stress actually stress does equal rest, uh, to a certain point. And Uh it's like, what's that threshold and how do you manage it? You add in the rest into the equation. So yeah, you're speaking my language. Yeah, girl, we're having fun together. This is going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to where this relationship goes in general. Cause I just, I love, I love your vibe. I love the way you show up in the world and. I like to think I'm one of those dope people that you get to hang out with that you're always seeking for. So that's, uh, that, that's, that's amazing. No, but literally everything you just said is real. Uh, it's all real. And, and I've experienced it and I, I definitely understand it on the, on the other side of it. So, you know, on this whole idea of rest, right? Really? I love your nickname. Chill, chill, Sergeant. Sergeant. Right? Like it just, it rolls off the tongue. It's amazing. So I'm curious, where did that come from for you, that literal term? And how do you explain our our need to chill in a society where many people believe that's just being lazy? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So the name came from my next door neighbor. Um, <laughs> actually, a few months ago, I went through rebranding. So uh, when I started in this journey, I wasn't, I didn't really have a name. And then like in 2020, I think yeah. is the official time I started going by the burnout whisperer. Um, which right on the nose for me, um, cause I can often listen to someone and I can not, it's not a matter of diagnosing because they already know they're burned out, but I can help them identify where are the problem areas that they should start and get support. Yep. And so that, that's what I do. And so burnout whisper was part of my uh, journey until December of, the, of 2022. I shifted or maybe it was January. And there were a couple reasons. One, space can look crowded, and I didn't have the capacity over the past few years to yeah. own it in the way that I could. Um, and then um, it just came organically through my next door neighbor. She was just like, "Has she ever thought about the name Jill Sargent?" Just because it's dope. My last name is Sargent. Yeah, I, I mean, it, like, it literally, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, had no idea, and I realized that what I was doing was burnout is the. Thing that I help with but it was so much bigger than that it's a matter of just like figuring out how to chill out and whatever it will take to get there so truly resting is a big part of it um but it's also the other elements of like connecting um relaxing in other ways other than resting playing community all of those things are part of just chilling and it's like I just need y'all to to chill out like yes I find myself in my a lot of relationships professional and personally like I just end up being someone's accountability partner for fun. Like my whole hooky day campaign is just a way for people to give them permission to sit the fuck down. Like that's, that's all we need is to give ourselves permission because hey. we all know we need it, but it's so hard to do it. So it's like kill yeah. sergeant. And I mean, it's just cool. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how I ended up there. It's just more fun. Um, I get so upset about the space of, mental health and wellness or personal development, it feels so like apologetic oh. and it shouldn't be. So I was yes. like, how do I make it more fun, bring some levity and just like, it's just part of life. So yeah, yeah that's how Chill Sergeant came to be. 
You know, it's interesting though, because even as you're talking about that, you know, this bringing some levity to a topic that really is trying to be normalized, but in so many toxic ways, right? There's so much shame and blame that exists in our society in like every category, right? And to your yeah. whole point, like it's never in the binary nature, but that's typically where people well, exist, right? Because it, it it's easy to, and well, it's easy point. to feel safe and protected when you're around people that see the world the same way you do. And to justify that I don't need to seek other perspectives as a result of it, right? And it all mm -hmm. integrates in everything we're even talking about right now, right? Like, yep, even the identification of changing my own relationship with my energy, my stress, my emotions allowed me in many situations where I would feel anxious or stress and I would identify it with that label. Yep. But if I really pared myself down and physiologically paid attention to what was going into my body, what was actually paying attention to like, what am I reacting to in the moment? Then many times what I found is that it's not actually stress or anxiety, it's energy waiting to be deployed, <laughs> right? And, and that's not always the case. I'm talking about a very specific set of what this looks like, but even the shift of chill and just chill in life to get people to understand like, it's okay to just take a breath for a minute is really beautiful because burnout, right, is pain. <laughs> Now, one of our core concepts is embrace pain to avoid suffering. I talk about trash. I'm known as the garbage man, but one of my old monikers is I'm a heart surgeon without a blade. So when you talk about it's the shift in identities and like external branding, it's all a part of you because you're still going to be the burnout whisperer, but people are going to be able to access you in a different way because of what you're actually marketing towards, which is their ability to integrate effectively in their life. You talked about balance. And what it's I'd really like to understand is I actually don't believe in balance in Same. life. Like I don't believe in it. I believe in integration. Okay. And, and I believe that if you are intentional, okay. aware and aligned, that you can integrate all of the things that are important to you in your life. Doesn't mean it's always easy. Doesn't mean that it's all going to work out well or timing's right for everything to explode, but it is possible for you to feed all the areas that you want to put energy towards. I'm curious if you don't believe in balance, what yep. is your definition? What is your belief? And how long have you been living in that? Um, I've been living in it, I would say two and a half years, just because it's part of the work and it was forcing me to figure out what did I want and what did it mean to me? Um, so I don't like the word balance because just by nature of the definition and it says that something is right or wrong. It's like the correct bat, like correct allocation of different things in your life. And there's no correct. Um, and as someone who has had a lot of changes in life, I realized like everything is situational and that ties in with burnout, like burnout is situational. What might burn you out here may not burn you out there. It has to do with all this stuff. And so I am a, um, champion of the word harmony. Um, because when you think about music, like music is different and sometimes it's very mellow and sometimes it's like it's just brown noise and doesn't really exist and sometimes it's super upbeat but the thing is there's harmony within each of it and even if you're listening to jazz with some like random what staccato that no one else like my ear does not fully appreciate to someone else they might be like no i'm good that's harmony and that is how i look at like like so often people have looked at me and my husband and be like how in the world are y'all and there's just a level of but pace and tempo that we're like, I mean, we're sort of used to it. Like we've moved, we've, we're domestic nomads. I call us, we are tired of moving, but like in the past 13, we went from Indiana to Cleveland to Chicago, Cleveland, Chicago, San Francisco, Kansas city, Charlotte. Wow. Um, yeah. And sometimes we were together. Sometimes we were apart and we're doing this and starting over and doing all the things. And people are like, I don't understand. But to us, that was our harmony. That was our rhythm at that point in time. Now, a lot more subdued because some other things started going wacky. So we had to find harmony in other parts of our life. So I like I, harmony. It's also a lot more fun of a metaphor to think about. Yeah. And like, you're like, this is the drums period of time. Or like the horn is about to start squeaking. Like what's going on? But it allows you to recognize <laughs> your <laughs> pace, your used to be balanced. Your harmony is not necessarily what everyone else will yeah, yeah. want, need, or appreciate. And it may change. So, yeah, I use yeah. harmony. That's my new I definition. Like harmony. I like harmony. I think that's beautiful. And I mean, there is a harmony to life, especially if we allow ourselves to hear it. And, uh, you know, it's funny, even something as simple as I got a voice note from someone earlier and uh, it turned into a joke, but they had about six seconds at the end of their conversation where all I could hear was birds in the background. 
right? Ooh. It was harmony. It was beautiful. And I like responded back and was like, hey, thank you so much for the grace, but I really appreciated the extra six seconds at the end that I just got to hear birds. And she goes, I promise it had nothing to do with my inability to use my phone. And it was like, right. But it was like, it was just still cool because I could have looked at that as like, oh, they forgot to shut off the phone, but I didn't. I listened and I heard the birds sing, right? That's Which cool. told me that she was outside. She was feeling connected. She was in a warm place. And it was actually pretty interesting because again, there's a harmony to everything. You know, as yeah. we were talking, a quote came back into my mind that actually relates to a prior conversation. So I'm going to do a hard shift back and okay. I'm giving you the warning on that because this, this quote, I, I really want to, I, I want to bring out into existence and, and talk about it for a second. The late Reverend Vivian, who marched with Martin Luther King, uh, used to say, unless you look in the mirror and see a person of color every morning, you have no idea what it's like to be challenged by you have no idea to be challenged by you what? You have no idea what it's like to be challenged by race. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. I have two questions for you. Yeah. And I don't and I don't ask you to represent anybody other than yourself on this opinion. I'm just genuinely curious. Two things. Yep. One, you will told us who you are, but who do you see when you look in the mirror every morning? And second, okay. I believe there's a lot of truth to that quote a lot of truth. We talked about that. I said, there's certain things I will never have perspective on, right? Mm -hmm. How do we as a society better foster perspectives to allow people to have a greater understanding of something that they might not ever have the direct opportunity to understand? Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I was close to say, I don't know if you will, but we have to. Um, I don't actually for answering this question on the academic theoretical level is above my pay grade and not and outside of my. That's degrees. why I'm asking you to answer it only on you, my friend. Yeah, from a personal experience, I don't know. If that's really what you need to do. Like, part of it is I think there's a large part in just recognizing that your perspective isn't the only one. Like, I think that's that that's the point. So like, fucking powerful, Arena. I'm so happy you answered it that way. <laughs> Thanks. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I can't, I can't necessarily understand exactly what it's going to be like to be so and so. But I'm like, I know it's different than what I am. Um, so there's something, there's a truth that I don't know. Um, it's, it's, it's hilarious. Not how how funny, but like, there were two moments in the past week of conversations that I have with my husband that, that like really made this top of mind. One, our backyard lines up to an expressway, and. The impact that it had on our house appraisal is one thing. We could talk about that yeah, offline. Yeah, it's very annoying. Yeah. yeah but the insight, like the other day it just hit me, I was like, it's funny. I was like, there's like hundreds of cars going by a minute and every single one of them are in a different world that we have no idea Bingo. of what they're experiencing. <laughs> I was like, that's nuts because we were talking about our shit and it was like, huh. So that was just one point of reflection. And then yesterday we were talking about it. Um, so going back out earlier where I said I went to school, I went to undergrad as a computer engineer. And I don't know why it hit me, but I was like, our the start of college was very different because I went in with a list of classes I needed to take to get yeah. the degree. It's like when you go in declared, yeah. it's like, this is what you do. Yeah. My husband was a swoosh major and he was like, oh, I just I just got to take classes. And I was like, what do you <laughs> what do you mean you just got to? how did you figure out what to do like you right. could just be like well, that one that little nuance is massive in how you sort of like view the world and like and how you approach the world so my mind also works in dissertation so i'm always like so why don't you write about this so why don't you do a dissertation because i'm like what is the correlation of people who go into college as a declared major versus undeclared and their future career satisfaction like mm. how does that play in because if you go into college with a declared major, like you don't get to explore as much. So well, and, yeah, and, all, and the reality of it is too is typically a declared major, especially when there's a consistent group of people, only fosters a more competitive environment as it relates to what's happening, which perpetuates the separation because of the performance metrics of people receiving love, validation, connection through performance. Right. So there's yep. all these other factors that come into that. I want to add one additional context to your answer, which, by the way, again, I think was perfect. So when I say additional. It's additive not to change anything because yeah. I loved what you said. People have to be willing to accept that there is another perspective. But I think it's what? another piece to that. I think people need to be willing 
and open to not just accepting that there is another perspective, but that that other perspective is another person's actual truth. Mm -hmm. Because understanding alternative perspective without understanding the person that's behind it, what it's connected to, and the truths that that means for them is yep. also dissolving that actual situation because mm -hmm. perspective doesn't have context, nuance, understanding. It has to be willing to accept that if you tell me this is your perspective, I can, might challenge only because of who I am and how I see the world, but it would never mm -hmm. be to challenge your belief system. It would be to test congruence in that belief system. But many people yeah. don't even accept it as truth. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. I, it, I do believe I agree with most of it. And I like everything. There's always nuances. I think the, the complication comes in is the universal facts that go across all perspectives and sometimes people's truths make them deny facts and it's like but no, no 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 like that doesn't match but that's oh, yeah. why it's messy yeah i 100 percent agree but again i think that that's uh it's also the detachment from right or wrong good or bad yep. right to your whole point it's not about the black and the white the gift is in the gray area it's always yeah. in the middle in some case that's always where it exists yeah um you are just a fascinating individual, and I really appreciate how you've shown up already for us today. Uh, I'm really curious. You have like an extreme love for interior design. How do you express your creativity through the way you design your environment? That's just, uh, it took for us to be deep into this home renovation for me so to you remember. You shook that one off. You're like, man, I'm getting ready for more questions. <laughs> Yeah. Well, no, we're so we're in phase two of this home renal. It started yesterday and it's like, oh, um, no, I do love interior design. It took me a while to remember and to, like recognize that was something that's real. Like as a kid, my mom bought me this computer game that was honestly like interior design like system. And I used to do it in, like seventh grade and completely forgot because I was an engineer. Um, and so how I use that, like, um, one with a big part of the business at some point, I would get back to physical spaces and physical manifestation of my vision and, um, how I help people. Mm. So that excites me. Um, I actually had part of my career where I worked in office space design, office manufacturing, like office space manufacturing, worked on chairs. I can tell you way too much about chairs and cubicles and lights. Um, but came in handy cause I got to work with architects and designers. And then most recently, seriously, this home renovation. So um, we bought a house, uh, like, I can't believe we actually bought it in 2021. And it was a full gut uh, that happened throughout 2022. And so uh, we, of course, had the engineers and the designers, but like we designed it. We laid it out. I picked every single freaking thing. Never thought I would look at floors so often. I mean, my husband is so over it. We were talking about paint for our door yesterday. He's like, it all looks teal. I was like, but it's like four shades. Um, so I literally am doing it as well as um, from a like a less direct way. Occasionally I have to get out of the house and just get inspired by beautiful spaces and places. Um, so I do that a lot. And if I can't create it, I just go experience someone else's creation. Where do you typically go to get inspired? Oh, honestly, I'm still working on that one. Um walks help me a lot i go to a lot of different coffee shops um i thankfully started to bring museums back but like i need a vacation i like pretty places i like beaches um me for experience like experiences inspire me so if i get to learn or do something new um that's how i really get inspired yeah tell us about blend wow uh, Blend. Blend is business leaders linked to encourage new directions. It is a nonprofit for professionals of color in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area. Um, I started it um, in 2006 um, because I was in Grand Rapids, which is super not black. Um, and so I, I, I wanted to go to Chicago after undergrad and then I got an opportunity and stayed in the area and I was like, one trip to Chicago, I went and went to this Young Professionals of Color event. And uh, I was like, what is this Mecca? I was like, yeah, what right. this? Um, and so when I, when I realized I wasn't going to Chicago, I was like, there's enough of us here for us to get a, somewhat of a feeling. Yeah. And so I sat on the stairs in our townhouse with my two roommates. And I was like, hey, I have an idea. 
And they were like, all right, keep us posted. We're down. We'll help. And so um, started Blend with six other um, people, my founding steering committee. And um, it's really anchored on four pillars, social, professional development, social engagement, and community outreach. And fast forward to today, it still exists. It's one of the leading young professional of color professionals uh, organization in Grand Rapids and it's like sponsored by the hospitals, the universities, some law firms. So it's my little legacy in Grand Rapids that it's uh, funny I really talk about. Are you like the guy on Hot Ones going into my history, like bringing uh, up stuff I forget about? <laughs> you know, I just love to be able to get to the depth of people's stories because these are all foundational moments. And the reality of it is, is that's one of those things that maybe the world doesn't know as much about. Maybe you haven't allowed them to know about uh, as much because if, for whatever reason, right? Shane kicks in and sometimes it's, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. And other times it's, who do you think you are? I know all the oh, major I things I did. Huh? I know for a fact why people I'd love don't to hear. Why. It's funny. Uh, it's part of this journey. I don't talk. I hadn't talked about it as much because when I was at my, when I was leading blend is when I experienced burnout for the first time. And it was like a deep, intense burnout. Mm-hmm. And like, it was it was a transformational leadership moment. Like my co-chair, um, I remember he called me. I was at one of my jobs. I was always the one that did the most. Uh, and of I course had, you I was were. Like, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. I was like, I worked at, I was still in, no, I had just graduated. But like, I worked at Red Lobster. I worked at Macy's. I started the nonprofit and I was on a board of another nonprofit. And then I was preparing for business school and still having a life. The problem, which is why I learned to chill the fuck out. But um. I, he like called me and was like, yo, this, whatever's going on, like you're not showing up as yourself. Like, what yeah. is it? And it was my first like call to the carpet as a leader and changed who I was fundamentally as a leader and gave me the greatest awareness. But I didn't talk about it for forever. And honestly, I still have just started because at the end of it, it was time. And like most people who are like severe burnout, you just want to run away from it because I... Honestly, there was a there was shame. There's some embarrassment because I I wasn't I was no longer the leader or the one mm-hmm. that should run it, um, and I had to pass it, and it made me not fully appreciate the impact. And like, I went to business school, which is why I left. But like, at the five year anniversary was the most amazing thing. Like the team at, mm-hmm. at that time like put on this gala that was like a four hundred seat sponsored gala, mm-hmm. and like oh, I came back to that and was like the keynote speaker and was like, what is Who's this? What is this? Um, but Thank yeah, you. honestly, people don't know about it because I it was my first experience with cr- crazy burnout. And there you go. Thank you for taking it straight there. I mean, now the I, world knows. Well, no, but I mean, I think that's really powerful because this is also a really transformational period in your life. And what I'm I'm curious, so I have a couple questions around this because you you unpacked a lot in that little segment that I just am super fascinated by. My first question is. When you were the keynote speaker and you were there being able to witness what had been built, you're standing on that stage in front of 400 people. Did you allow yourself to fully receive it? No. It was a matter of shock, like disbelief. I was present, like my parents are there and I can remember it clearly, but like I, but I don't think I was ready to fully receive it like there's yeah. there's something in inter- like i i was i hadn't worked yeah. through the stuff i needed to work through and like the i had not understood recognized burnout mental health any of that stuff yeah. at the point so it was just part of my journey but i know it i know it was a big win in but i i think you just gave me my next therapy session content because I'm realizing there's still some appreciation and recognition of it that I haven't fully processed. Would you mind if I share something with you that I see? Yes. Okay. You do mind or you don't mind? No, go for it. <laughs> okay. That's um, what we're here for. One that I want, the thing I want to reflect back to you on this, and it's not going to be like this deep reflection in the ways that I normally do it, but it's going to be in the context of this specific situation. <laughs> um. You clearly felt a level of misalignment when you had to step away from it. But I also think that because it didn't get to where you wanted it to be in the time that you were leading it, you also felt like you failed and that you didn't actually create the system and platform that would create the legacy that, by the way, exists still today. And so what's really fascinating as well is that you were hurting, you were disconnected, you were burned out. 
but you also were in a place where you realized how isolated and alone you were and how many people you didn't have around you that looked like you and understood the perspectives that you had without you having to explain them. And that in and of itself, when you're not seen in an environment or you're the only one can also contribute to a greater degree of burnout because you don't feel the energy and you don't feel the disconnection and the weight of carrying the armor is going to make it worse. Yep. But here's what I want you to know. Even if it was only those 400, which it won't be because it's still going. You've given 400 people the opportunity to be deeper connected with themselves and the community that they identify with and have ensured deeper connection, a place for them to be seen and understood, a protected and connected space that has allowed all of them to not have to operate in some of the same ways that you had to. And so cool. you're carrying a weight for something that you no longer need to carry because the reality of it is the work that was necessary and needed to be done was, which is why you were the keynote speaker and in that position. And so I would just really ask you to recognize the connection because whether you know it or not, your experience of burnout at that time actually was creating a perpetual path to alleviate burnout for so many people entering into the workforce who didn't have a community. That's funny. Well, thank you for that. You were the chill sergeant before you even knew it. <laughs> I okay. guess so. Uh, yeah. Funny aside, uh, as you say, I was a chill sergeant before I knew. You have no idea how real that is. I, I believe um, it. I believe it. Fifth grade or third grade? Knights of Columbus spelling bee. I got out for misspelling sergeant and I spelled it <laughs> like my. <laughs> yeah. Spelled it like my last name now. And it was like, you guys just spell it stupid. Yes. So yeah. I... That's not there my truth. Go. My truth is how I spell it. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> Had no idea. Literally, we've been married like 10 years. I don't think I realized it until like second year of marriage. I was like, oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah. You were projecting into the future. That is beautiful. My friend. It's um, hilarious. Yeah. That, I mean, truly. And you know, the, the last thing that I would really like to ask you about that situation is if it's not in something you've already shared, okay. what are you still trying to forgive yourself for as it relates to your blend experience? That's interesting. I think there's a matter of I felt like I should have done more. Um, but in searching for the answer, my brain is already working to remind me that I did what I was supposed to do like I was supposed to start it my I I realized like it's a I realized the superpower it's also one that I'm still grasping with as a freaking CEO my superpower is to create dope shit and like set up a foundation that someone can take it and run with it like it's literally what my career was in innovation I come up with something test it make sure it works and be like go go do it um and so so you haven't forgiven yourself for a narrative that's not even true to you true yeah well Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I didn't recognize like I didn't recognize my I did the job I was supposed to do. Like I launched it. That's put it in good hands. Yeah. And I mean you even caught yourself when you said should have. I should have done this because the shame base implied that you didn't. And I believe because of everything I've experienced with you, you don't give less than a hundred percent to anything you're actually involved in. Yeah, which is why I don't get involved unless I can know I can do it. So yeah. Bingo. Yes. Bingo. So that's a beautiful thing. And I just hope that you can see that because you haven't forgiven yourself and you're carrying a weight for something that isn't actually even a truth for you in the current state. So let go of it, my friend. Start preaching it from the world. It's amazing. All right. (laughs) So a couple of other things that we're going to wrap up here because I really want people to know how to access it. And you've layered so much in here. One more actual pragmatic question. Um, I know so many people who reach burnout also reach literal adrenal fatigue. Right. The hormones in our body and the adrenals in our body do not operate the same way that they're designed to if they exist in consistent burnout and stress. Yes. And so I'd love for you to talk a little bit about how you're helping people navigate the topic of burnout. But what I'd also like you to specifically highlight on is the physiological elements of the body 
And how are you integrating that into the conversation for folks? Yeah. Um, so the work that I do with burnout <laughs> is under my company, Hooky Wellness. Yes, like play hooky. That's exactly what it's about. Hooky Wellness. It's more of a mindset than a game. <laughs> Um, and so I really focus on, especially that upfront education and understanding, because if you don't have that, you don't have anything. And there's a lot of miseducation, misinformation, and honestly, sugarcoating and discounting of burnout that frustrates the hell out of me. And so just taking it all the way down to the basic level, I help especially mid-career high-achieving professionals understand what burnout is, isn't, and what they can do about it. Um, and in the what they can do about it is where the support for adrenal fatigue. And so um, I'm really about introducing them to the different men- mental wellness modalities and understanding behaviors and pathways that can help them. Um, I am a champion of a couple, but I also recognize that everyone's journey is different. Everyone's style is different. And the biggest thing that you can do for yourself is to understand what works for you. And so I hope you understand. I jokingly say how to, what to know, like know better and to do better. Um, so when it goes into what are some of those um, symptoms and signs, like big things to know about burnout, like that early stage you'll always hear about is exhaustion. But this isn't tired. So don't just say I'm burned out when you're tired. I'm so getting mad that everyone is just I'm still burned out. No, you're not. Like, hey, you're tired. You're stressed. You're sleepy. But like if you were burned out, you would freaking know you're burned out. Like that's different. But that early stage is truly a warning flag of exhaustion. No amount of sleep helps you feel restored um because burnout is all encompassing it is mental emotional and physical exhaustion brought on by unmanaged prolonged stress like it is not a it is not a cute thing it doesn't happen in one week um so exhaustion is that first warning flag then you start to look in um into some of the deeper things that happen um it can manifest as i said mental emotional and physical so unexplained aches um you're seeing an increase in like symptoms of anxiety and depression because burnout is a gateway uh, to a lot of other things. Well, in itself, it is not a mental health condition. You can open the door and welcome yeah. everything that you might be repressing yeah. or avoiding into your life. Um, so it can show up in some of those. It can show up in a lot of like gastrointestinal type of issues, like physical manifest- yeah, manifestations. Like there's really a lot to somatic health that is finally getting um, understood. Um, and then all the way to cynicism, detachment, depression, PTSD-like symptoms in the workplace is very real. And uh, I felt that many a time. So yeah, me too. Those are some of- <laughs> yeah, that's like, I was like, why do I keep feeling nauseous every time I go into this meeting? Why is my... <laughs> because we, 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 we're, we're taught to not listen to our bodies and to just push through no matter what. Like that's right. li- That's why I wanted you to talk about the physiological elements because... People know what that feels like, but they aren't like, again, it's normalized. That's how I was mm-hmm. with stress. I told you stress equaled growth. That's how I was. Guess what? Every single nine months, I would crash and fucking burn yep. for about a week. And then I'd run <laughs> hard again for nine to 11 months. And yeah. then I'd crash hard after for a week. Lot. Right? One and week after nine to 11 months. Now I had a lot of, now again, I'm not, I'm not saying this from a brag point. I'm saying like that was what I still was doing in that time. And I had a capacity and an energy and a drive and I was avoiding pain and all this other shit. So reality of it is it just, yeah, it was that pattern until I learned to get off of it. I really appreciate how you are helping people navigate this because this does show up as so many subtle hidden things that affect life. It does manifest in every area of our life when we're not in alignment in a, a mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical state. There is permeation across each other no matter what. And burnout is one yep. of the most damaging elements that's affecting the high performing space today because it literally takes people away from who they are and what they want. And so I love that you are here as the chill sergeant, as the, as the burnout whisperer, how can people find you? We'll put everything in the show notes, but uh, what's the best place if they want to reach out to you directly? Yes, I am most frequently on Instagram um, as the chill sergeant. I'm also on Twitter, but mm, try me on Insta. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn, so you can connect if you want to be professionally connected or follow me with a lot of articles. And then Hooky Wellness, of course, has its Insta handle as well. So you can get a lot of tips, tricks, and practical things on Hooky Wellness uh, Insta. And then you'd learn more about my personal journey and uh, perspective on Chill Sergeant. And then if you yourself are looking for support or if you are looking for support for your workplace team, whether it's a functional team, a working team, or even your entire org, 
Um, you can check out hookywellness.com to learn more about our programming and relief support. Um, it's very tiered and can fit into your life at whatever level you need. Um, so you can what? set up a discovery call. You can just sign up and buy. Um, but yeah, visit hookywellness.com uh, to learn more about programming and to sign up for our newsletter. That's um, amazing. Oh, and last, to also check if burnout yeah. is in your life. We have a, a pressure gauge to see if burnout's turning up your pressure and if you're ready for the relief journey. So just go to the site and you can do a quick gut check to figure out if there's something there that you need to be aware of and get some quick tips about what you can do about it. Yeah, and I would I would argue that regardless of if somebody deeply identifies with all the physiological elements of burnout or not, the concept of chill and what value they'll get out of your world is definitely going to be meaningful. Do you have a closing thought that you'd like to leave everyone with? I Specifically in the burnout space, burnout is something that uh, can't happen to anyone, uh, does happen to everyone, and you can get out of it regardless. Um it's just part of the journey of honestly performance and being an adult and lifing. Uh, it's a matter of how to manage it, not avoid it. This is avoiding things that help you learn and grow is not the way we should be of life. So uh, I guess leave you with the formula that I've learned and really the mantra to live by, which is work hard, self-care harder. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Arena, for being with us. Truly pleasure. I'm grateful for who you are. Wow. Well, thank you for having me. This was awesome. <laughs> and for those of you who got a chance to listen to this story, Arena just demonstrated that when we are out of alignment in life, when we aren't seen for who we are, pay attention, listen to yourself and start asking questions as to what got you into this position. What brings you joy? What brings you light? What makes you, you? The reality of it is that so many of us have been hidden behind walls of armor for no reason or very justified reasons based on the way our society has been shaped. But the reality of it is that the only way that you'll connect is if you do the work, you go inside and you recognize and listen to your body. It's not about balance. It's about harmony. And it's about finding the light, the love and the connection that's available to you by allowing yourself to be open to receive and by doing the work that's necessary to heal. All of you have access to what she just talked about, but it requires you to flip open your lid and scan your candle.